I go, I walk into Lil Peep's house and Lil Peep's sitting on the couch with two girls under his arm. I, I was like, whoa, this is insane. Like, do whatever the fuck you want. That's my message. Do whatever the fuck you want. You never know how much time you're gonna have left. So do what you wanna do. How you doing, Chich? I'm good, how are you, man? Yeah, not too bad. How's your day been? Day's been good, it just got started. It's like noon over here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what your sort of background is. Okay, I'm Chich. Um, I'm a fashion designer. I make clothes, I have my own clothing company. Uh, went to school for a little bit, but I decided I actually wanted to do more of a creative route. So I stopped going to school and just pursuing creativity now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in your in your Instagram bio it says "wanna be creative." I like that. That's what like that's that. what I am, man. I want to be creative. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you first get into fashion then, and how did you decide that that was the route that you wanted to take? Fashion. Okay. So there's this dates back to like 2016, maybe freshly in college. Didn't know what I really wanted to do, but I was just going to school for the fuck of it, you know. It's the regular route everyone was taking. Yeah. And then started going on Instagram and started seeing this brand blow up, everyone knows the brand, it's Supreme, you know? And I started seeing the culture that revolved around Supreme and I was like fully intrigued in it. I was like, what is this? People are really like lining up, sit, camping overnight in front of the store to get some clothes. And then I started seeing why people started doing that. You know, there's something to say about hype and like how shitty hype culture can get, but like the, the fundamentals of building that hype is really important. And it's like really cool that you could build a community around that. You know, like Supreme can really just drop a brick or like except like random accessories and people will go crazy for that and i don't know that just that just piqued my interest yeah they they really took the world by a storm didn't they <laughs> yeah they'll drop like really cool videos really cool skate videos really cool like marketing content and like when i'm like shocked by a marketing content piece i'm like wow like that's something worth buying because of that but they but they managed to encompass so many more people, not just the the skate community. They managed to branch out and kind of set the wave for the next designers, didn't they? Right. It's it's really cool because they'll like incorporate celebrities. Like they have like the celebrity tees, for example. And like it's corny when you like just go for a celebrity for your brand to like blow your brand up. But if you're doing it in a really cool way, like Supreme did, it's like really cool. It's like yeah. really really cool. And it, yeah. it gets your name out there, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, there's benefits to it for sure. Yeah, um, but let's let's go back to how when you were making this decision um, to stay in college or not. How are you feeling? Man, college was rough. I would I was going to school for like the first. I I got through like three years, so I went to junior college for two years. Got through that like piece of cake. I really enjoyed it actually. This is before all the fashion stuff, but I wasn't going to school for the right reasons. Oh, well, that's arguable, but I wasn't going for the degree. I was going because I enjoyed going to school, meeting new people, having new experiences, learning new things like that. But when it came down to going to university, it got harder for me to go because I wasn't going to get the degree. So it was like, it seemed pointless. And I, I knew I wanted to do more than just work in an office or like get like a nine to five job with the degree. So I had to do something else. I had to take the risk and try to do something else. What did, what did the people around you kind of think of that? Because it's it's becoming more uh, common. It's becoming more common, but it's still un unconventional or non conventional. I don't know how right. to say that word. Yeah, in terms of like family, um, come from an you know my my family's Vietnamese. They're Asian. But they're all about school, school, school. Go to school, be a doctor, whatever you need to do, make your money, live a good life. But 
as time as the time goes, the times change, and I think that people can still make a living and have a fulfilled life doing what they want and still make money off of it, you know. And I saw that on Instagram, so that was cool. It I don't know. It was tough. It was tough getting them through that mindset as well, though. No. So did you get them persuaded that it was the thing that was best for you? Or? I think they worry about me every once in a while and they see the lifestyle I'm living. But at the end of the day, I think my parents just want me to be happy. I think all parents at the end of the day want their kids to be happy, like at the end of it all. You know, and like as long as I'm fulfilled and happy, I think that's enough for them to be okay with the decisions I make. Yeah, but for them, like their idea of success and being happy is quite different to what we've grown up with right um, they they came from a much more traditional background where you always go to school and well right. at least that's what that's how they thought that you had to make it in in life or whatever whatever that might mean um so it's it's almost strange to think from their perspective that like oh i've had this son i want the best for him and now he yeah. he wants to do something completely different yeah i <laughs> The, okay, so the hardest part about it is you have to build this, like, protection around yourself so you don't get bombarded by outside forces or, like, what other people might think, right? Even your, fa even your family, which is hard to do. That's, like, a really big pressure. But as long as you know with, from within yourself that what you're doing makes you happy, you know, like, that's how you're supposed to live life. You know, you, you, can't, you can't live your first 45 years trying to fulfill what your parents want for you because like at the end of it it's your life and like you, you're gonna miss out on a lot of things that you wanted to do you know mm -hmm. so like I do I I do I try my best to keep them happy and show them that I'm working hard for something but at the same time I can't like break and do exactly what they want I can't follow that formula hmm it's a it's a tough, tough situation to be in. So yeah, when you made yeah. that decision, when you decided that university wasn't for you, what were the, mm -hmm. what were the first steps that you were taking? That, that first initial time was difficult because you just drop out of school. And you're like, well, now I have to survive. You know, my parents are not going to support me the same way they did when I was going to school. Um, first steps I, would, I was making, though, I, I, it was an easier transition for me because I started to meet people in the community before I left college. So like I already had friends and like I was already into the Instagram thing before I left college. So it wasn't like I just fucking dropped out of school and then like was looking around frantically, you know? Hmm. So once you kind of met your friends and well, actually, how did you, how did you meet them? Did you just meet them through, through school? Yeah, actually it's, it's a funny story. Um, as I was getting into the Instagram thing, I was following people like Ray's Corrupted Mind when he was first coming up and he became Travis Scott's photographer. And I was like, wow, like he would always post on his stories about how he just came from a little town or like got this big opportunity just because he tried. And now he's like doing all this crazy shit going on tour with Travis Scott. So I picked up a camera, one of my old cameras that I had like when I was in high school, um, started taking photos of my friends, you know, put on our Supreme outfits that we just got in the Supreme line take a photo, like edit it, make it look cool. And then I met someone named Charlie Shuffler, who's a renowned producer in this underground scene. Uh, he produced a lot of songs for Lil Peep, Lil Tracy, the emo rap scene. And I saw him at school and I was like, before I even knew who he was, 
I saw him at school and I was like, wow, that guy looks cool as fuck. <laughs> He's wearing the coolest clothes I've ever seen. And we're just like at junior college and like no one else dressed like, no, no one else dressed like that at the time. This was like 2016, 2017. I was like, wow, that he looks really cool. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, like, I swear I've seen you at like a show before, like a small undergrad show. There's like 12 people there, like 15 people there, like four, five performers and like 10 people in the crowd type of shit. I swear I've seen you there. Um, you want to like take photos? I just started taking photos. He's like, yeah, let's take photos. And this was the last day of school. It was like right before I went to university. And we took photos. We had a great time. And then, I, and then he told me like who he was. Yeah, I produced for little people, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, that's really sick. And we started taking more photos. And then after a little while, he hit me up and he was like, hey, do you want to just get lunch today? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. So we just started hanging out as friends. And then like we became best friends after that. And then once I met Charlie, I met a lot of other people in the scene. And then it was history from there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how many people you can meet through other people. That's what it's all about, really, though. I mean, the way I know you now is through another person that I met through mm -hmm. another person. It's, mm -hmm. it's so strange. And uh, I, think, I think a lot of people undervalue the, the idea of it's not what you know, it's who you know. I never understood that. I never understood how can it how can it be it's not what you know it's who you know how does that make any sense because if you don't know anything then you're useless but even people who know very little as long as they've got the right connections they can kind of fid fidget their way through um yeah like like you did i guess you kind of yeah it, it's a i mean it's a it's a cruel it's a vicious cycle for sure i mean like yeah. people can work so hard for their craft and like not get any recognition at all but it's really about who you know and Unfortunately, some people will live like far away from major cities like LA or New York and they don't get the opportunities just to drive out to LA and like go explore and meet new people. But at the same time, we have the internet now. So yeah. anyone can make it now. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So what's you gotta LA put your like? best foot forward. Well, yeah. What's LA like? I live like um, 30 minutes away from LA. So I live in the suburbs in Orange County. <laughs> Over here, it's chill. I mean, there's not too much going on. The scene is thriving, but there's not like a lot of connections like you can't just walk out your front door and make a connection really quick but yeah. when i do go to la it's a lot of fun man we'll go to the studios we'll hit the shopping centers do all that fun stuff so um it's pretty hectic though i can't lie i'm getting a little older now so i can't can't run around like these young kids are doing you can literally be whoever you want in la anyway any you can be anything you want hmm. so then when you can be anything that you want how uh -huh. do you make sure that you still stay true to yourself um as i personally as i got older i just started to hone in on the things i valued you know like when i was younger it, i was like hungry for clout you know like go to la like try to meet like the coolest the, the, mo the people with the most followers and like i'll eat i'll eat off their clout or whatever i'll get some clout from that but i stopped valuing things like clout and I started valuing things like friends, like genuine relationships and mm -hmm. genuinity. And that's how you stay true to yourself. You don't got to work with all the biggest people in the game. You got to work with the people who you're going to work best with. I like that quote. It's a nice quote. Good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. Yeah, thanks. So, so what were the first sort of projects that you worked on? Oh, man. I, when I started off as a photographer, some some notable projects that I did were shoot for like my local rappers, go to the local shows, film a little clip, 
make an edit of the show, recap or whatever. But I got some opportunities to work with a magazine called The Fader. And I shot um, Stephen Moses back in like 2018. And I shot Drippin' So Pretty last year for his thing. And I shot Charlie for his interview, which is pretty cool. I, I like doing that. I stopped taking photography or stopped taking photos as often. I'm more focused on the clothes now and other creative strategies like that. But that was a, that was like one of the first projects I got, like going to LA. Yeah. And how did you learn to do all that stuff? Dude, I have, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just go out there and do my best. You know, I literally take the camera out there. I would take the camera out there, switch it to creative auto put it on autofocus and start taking photos and people like them. I just put them in Lightroom, edited them the way I wanted to and people liked them and I got good feedback from it, but I'm by no means like a photographer at all. You know, I don't, That's I don't know insane. anything about photography actually. Nothing. Point and shoot. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do, I do, um, I give myself credit for basic skills, like being able to frame a shot, you know, how I think would look good or like angles, for example, things that don't require like technical skills. How long did it take you to like develop them skills? I don't, that's a hard question, honestly. Um, when things got more pressured, like when I had no idea what I was doing and then they contracted me to do a fader shoot, I was like, oh shit, okay, well, can't fuck around on this one. And then I started, started like going on Instagram and finding inspiration from other photographers and realizing that, oh, a low shot looking up extends the legs out in a shot. And if they're wearing a certain type of pants that have like a flared bottom, you're going to want to do that. So the flared bottom looks more accentuated, for example. So things like that, just like things that come and go, you just learn from it as you go. Have you had any big mess ups or things where you were like, oh, let's not do that one again? <laughs> uh, I mean, like when you're in any type of industry, you're going to fuck up. So like things like when I'm dropping a, uh, article of clothing and I go to screen print it and all the screen prints get messed up or I notice like some part in the design where it's nicked off and like all the screen prints are messed up now all those all the pieces of shirts I'm like well now I gotta front up the money and pay to get all these redone and I just made zero dollars on the whole drop or I made less money now I owe money you know what I mean things like that but those mistakes you just learn along the way and you just don't make them ever again because they just hurt so bad mm. Yeah. I've never really messed anything up to where, like, I lost sleep over it at night, though. Thank God. Yeah, you've got to move on, haven't you? You've got to learn from it and move on. Yeah, that's a, definitely a skill you need to have if you're going to do this kind of shit. Because I think when people start out, like myself, I get hesitant to even do things because I'm scared mm -hmm. of making the mistakes. Um, so for, for a person like me, um, who's just kind of starting a bit more with creative stuff, what sort of tips would you give to overcome the fear of making mistakes uh don't don't fear about making mistakes that's something you should never worry about i think a lot of the time um i worried about things like how this is going to be perceived more so than like the mistakes i make because i know if i make a mistake that's one easy fix i could just fix that mistake and then learn from that mistake and that already feels like success to me if you make the mistake and then you realize that you made the mistake you're probably not gonna make the mistake again. But I think a big fear or like a tip I could give you as like a creative would be to just keep doing things and stay consistent on it. And if you don't like things, you could always delete things. 
because like a lot of time I would I would wait like a long time before I would drop content because I was fearful of like what people might think and then it was too late to drop that content you know so just keep dropping stuff keep making stuff keep getting better and that's how you will get better and if you don't like it hit the archive button because hmm. I have I well I'm gonna ask you what are your thoughts on archiving and deleting old stuff because I have my own thoughts but I'll let you share yours first okay um I have a lot of archives archived pictures on my Instagram um things that are old that I don't find as cool as I once did I never delete if I have the option to archive I'll archive because sometimes I'll bring them back but a big thing is to a big thing for me something that's really important is when I look at the front of my feed, when I see all the pictures out there together, that has to look good as well as each individual picture. It's also just as important for each individual picture to look good and the whole feed to look good as a whole, you know? So if this one's off, I'll archive this one just so I can make room for like the pictures to stack correctly, for example. But going back to being genuine, how do you mm -hmm. make sure you're being genuine in yourself when you're potentially hiding parts of your former self? Um, when I post things on Instagram, I'm not, I, I don't think, I think everything I post is genuine. So when I archive things, I'm not necessarily hiding those things. I'm just making the, the overall picture look better. Okay. So I'm not like hiding my mistakes or anything like that. Yeah. I just don't like it. I just don't like it anymore. So like when I post something on my story that I, I feel like could get some bad feedback or like people will like unfollow me because of it or like it's it's judged or something like that i'll only delete it because i don't like it not because i fear someone else might not like it hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah i mean my i can understand that perspective my only thing with uh i guess the, the most comparable thing for me is um the videos that i have on youtube so so far i've made 10 videos you know nothing too special but hmm. my goal is to make um, my goal on my bucket list is to make a hundred and mm -hmm. I want to, I want to try my best to keep all of them up there. Now, when I go back and look at my first and second and third video, I really don't like them. Like there's so many mistakes in them. There's things that I can improve on. But for me, what's really important is other people being able to see that this is where he started. And now mm -hmm. this is where he is now. Mm -hmm. The content that I'm making is isn't like uh how to help other people it's more like just expressions of myself or uh video essays or things like that and um uh, apart from one cooking video which is <laughs> also up there but i want how important do you think it is for people to see your old work so that they can understand that your development because it's easy to look at somebody like yourself or any other big fashion brand like supreme like you were talking about earlier and think oh look at how well they're doing um, this is what I need to be like. But what you don't see is the bits between. You don't see how they got there. So oh, I, I totally I that? feel that perspective hundred percent. I do. I do really do feel that perspective. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of strategies to run when it comes to Instagram because when I look at Instagram, I look at it. So I would say like eighty percent of the people who use Instagram mostly use it for regular social media type of things where they'll just like get in contact with their friends, their family, post little things about their life, blah, 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 blah. I use Instagram as a portfolio of my work 
for example. You know, so like if my work is outdated to me, it's outdated. I don't want I don't want to showcase my old work if it's if I don't like it anymore. I do feel like the perspective of having your old stuff out there so like people can see where you started. But I think the people who saw where I started, the people who are already there, were supposed to be there, you know. And not anyone who joins now will see like what I have now, you know. Because I think a lot of the people who follow me remember the things I used to do, whether it be pictures or like my old, my old clothes or whatever. But I think that when people come to see my profile now, they're gonna want to more likely see my best work. So it has to kind of be more professional. Yeah, I mean, professional is a, a funny word to use in this kind of industry. Yeah. Because, like, you almost want to not be professional. You almost want to be, like, edgy in a certain way. But, yeah, I mean, like, more refined, I would say. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. So, expanding on that, then, how do you make sure you're edgy and you're standing out, but you're uh-huh. not too edgy or too normal? Because that... That if if we had the answer to that, everybody would be killing it. But what's yeah. your what's your take on that? I don't know. I like to push the envelope. Honestly, I've gotten near trouble for the things that I've done for Instagram before. I don't do it to get clout. I do it because I have like I get a kick out of like strong just juxtaposition. You know what I mean? Like I'll just do things that are like super ironic or like super edgy just because like that's what I want to see on Instagram. You know, like, for example, I have a picture, I don't know if you've seen it, but I have a picture of me in the drive-thru with like a gun and like a chicken. Have you seen that picture? I don't think so, but I'm going to have to check that one out. Okay, well, I posted on Twitter. I I never use Twitter, but I was like, fuck it, I'll just post it on Twitter. It's a picture of me in the the McDonald's drive-thru with a fake gun. I'm going to say it's a fake gun. It's a fake gun holding like this, and I I have a baby chick in my hand like this. And if it was a real gun, which it wasn't, it'd be super illegal, right? And I posted on Twitter. I was like, haha, this is funny. I think it's funny. It blew up. It went viral. In a matter of an hour, I had like 10,000 retweets. And then like by the end of the day, I had like 30,000 retweets and like 190,000 likes. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. I was not expecting that. But you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I was getting a lot of, a lot of hate in the comments, a lot of controversy in the comments. That's a real gun. That's super illegal, blah, blah, blah. And that going back to what we were talking about getting in trouble or like making a big mistake, that could have been like my biggest, biggest mistake of my life. Thank God it wasn't, but something like that where I'll, I'll push the envelope on edge. That's a, that's just a prime example of that. So how did you deal with that sort of feedback? I liked it. It was interesting. It was cool to like be like in the conversation about that, be like the reason that that conversation has been had. Because I I had no ill intent with the picture at all. I knew where my heart was. You know, I didn't go in there like threatening anyone's lives or like trying to scare anyone or anything. I was literally just going in there trying to take a funny ass picture and get out of there, you know? But people in the comments were like bringing up Things like, oh, if like a colored person did this, then this this picture would put them in jail. Or like, you know, th- things like you eat meat, but like you're pr- trying to protect this little chick in the picture. 
stuff like that. I'm like, well, I just do it for the content, honestly. You know? Mm. You should take a look at it and then tell me what you think afterwards. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it's that. A, it's a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I'll do that. Um, uh, what What other sorts of things then um, have you have you done that have kind of pushed the boundary? And how did you how did you find where that boundary is? Um. So you know, I got I got a lot of uh, traction for that one, and I was like, I got to keep pushing the envelope. I got to chase as high. So I kept pushing the envelope, and I just posted a picture of me like with the baby filter on, you know, the baby filter, baby filter on sucking a titty. <laughs> and the caption was, I'm eating good. I posted it on Instagram, immediately got deleted. I mean, like within like 0.5 seconds, boom, deleted. I was like, whoa, was that just like by chance that they caught it so fast? Let me try posting it again. Try to post it again, immediately deleted. I'm like, and then I get a flag on my account big ass notification pops up and it's like, hey, you post the titty one more time, we're deleting your account. And I'm like, oh, yeah, push the envelope too far on that one. That's, that's, a, that's an example of pushing it too far. I went too far yeah. with that one. It is, yeah. a, it is a boob, though. But there's no nipple. There's no nipple. There is somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I see, like, models posting, like, almost nude photos. You know, so I yeah. thought it was cool. I thought it was cool, but uh, started reading the guidelines, and it was just like, well, moms are a lot of breastfeed. I looked it up. Moms are a lot of breastfeed on Instagram, but no sexual content. And I was like, that's like halfway on both. I would say. I'm, pres- <laughs> I'm presuming it wasn't your mom, though. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. Thank That'd goodness. Be Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Whoa. But yeah. yeah no. I definitely, I definitely get what you mean. There's, there's some double standards there, isn't there, where models or specifically women can get away with a lot more than men on the internet. Um, yeah, that's a touchy subject, honestly, because I see a lot of porn star accounts like getting deleted really quick, even if they don't post any porn, just because they're like a porn star or they have like XXX in their name, they'll get, they'll get flagged and deleted immediately off Instagram. But on Twitter, you could go wild on Twitter. Yeah. That's why it's still up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I feel like as long as there's no nipple, people are fine with it, um, but only if it's from certain people. Yeah, I mean, I was sucking on a titty, so that was kind of, that was pretty sexual, I guess. Instagram's <laughs> got a crazy titty detector. <laughs> it's automatic, it was automatic. There's no way there was someone at the computer waiting for a titty to pop Can you imagine there's, there's just no one dude? <laughs> just the titty detector. The screens and just windows open everywhere. <laughs> oh. uh, how would you how would you explain your job to your <laughs> to your family? I'm just a wannabe creative. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, like yeah. hopefully like I find so much fulfillment out of the things I do. I have so much fun doing it that like I feel like I'm already successful. Yeah. You know? That's how I, I that's how I sell the idea to them. I feel like I'm already successful. I feel like I'm already fulfilled. You know, I'm not making a ton of money off this kind of thing. But like, the thing about money is it's just, the way to get it is all on a formula. You can, you can, anyone can follow the formula and make money. You know, anyone can do it. You just follow formula, you make the money. But to get things like fulfillment out of your, like your creativity, 
or like to make art that you really fuck with or to make to be a part of a community that like welcomes your ideas and shit like that that's like priceless you know what i mean you can't just get that you can't just go to school to get that you you can't just like follow the formula to get that you know so i've I've got a couple of questions here the first one though probably the most important how did you get that then because you say you can't it's not something you just learn like like that from a video or from school so how did you how did you get that the ability to find fulfillment in the things you do is not something that can be taught i guess like i just knew deep down in my heart that i wanted to like push my creative boundaries i just knew that i wanted to do that whether i was going to make money off it or not like i just found fulfillment doing that you know and like if you don't find fulfillment doing that and you're just trying to for example start a clothing company to make money it's never going to work. You're never going to be fulfilled. That's just, that's just another job. I never wanted to get a job. You know, I wanted to follow my dreams. So like you have to, you have to really know it within yourself that that's what you want to do. And like the fulfillment will come as you start to make things that you fuck with. And then the other thing is, um, what's this formula that you, you were referring to when it comes to making money? The money formula? Yeah. I mean, it, there's a wide range of formulas. You know, you could go, you know, uh, trade your time for money. You get paid an hourly rate. Go work a job, nine to five. That's a formula to make money. Or there's another formula to make money. You, you get into stocks or you, you invest your money. That's another formula to make money. Or now, you know, there's things going on like drop shipping or like Amazon, blah, blah, blah. That's another way to make a lot of money, you know, selling drugs, whatever. There's all sorts of ways to make money. And if that's always like the pinnacle of like what people think success is to make a lot of money, drive a, drive a nice car, have a big house, Hmm. but the create there's, there's no formula to this, like the creativity shit. So what does, what does success look like to you then? Cause you say that you're already successful. So what does that mean? Um, I have, I can give you examples of that. Like I have like, a chosen family where I'll choose my best friends who are now like family to me forever. You know, like I feel like the fun that I have with my friends and like the good times and the quality time is priceless. And not, I, I, I forget, but a lot of people don't get that same opportunity. You know, a lot of people don't get that same opportunity to have a huge group of friends that all love each other and like have a great time together. Never drama, stuff like that. You know, like I, I take that for granted sometimes. And I have like a loving family. I have like a roof over my head. You know, as long as you got a roof over your head, you're pretty good to go, you know? And, like, I have a phone that I could go on Instagram on and, like, express myself on, you know? And I have, I have things like, I don't know, the, the, like, a, a, a creative mind, so I, like, believe I could do what I want to do, you know? But like, the only thing I really don't have is a lot of money. And that could be, that could, that, that's, just a for, that's formula-driven, so... That's what I mean by I have everything that I need in life. I already found success. I already found fulfillment in the things I love to do. And all I need to get is the money, which I have a lot of time for. A lot of time for. How old are you, by the way? I'm 23. 23. Oh, you're yeah. still young as hell then. Yeah. Getting older. I don't know. I'm not as young as I was when I was running around LA, but I, I, I think right now is like the prime time. As I get older, I get wiser. And like, that sounds corny, but when you get wiser, like your perspective on life changes vastly. 
So how has your perspective on life changed as you got older? Uh, like I was talking about earlier, how I value different things like clout and money and like how to be the richest or like whatever. But now I value things that, that are way more important, like experiences, relationships, you know, stuff like that. You know, um, learning things about yourself, like your inner self, your third eye self, for example, or something like that, where you, you don't, you don't realize these things when you're younger and you're so like new to life and like haven't touched the outside world yet. Like before you go to university, for example, that you forget that like you have to get in touch with yourself as well. So things like that, you know, I was so, I was so like superficial about life unknowingly, but now I'm like, realizing the things that I want in life and the things that are important. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of people, when they get to around about my age, 18, we have to make these decisions like you did, whether you go to university mm -hmm. or you go here, go there. And um, for me, at least, I've spent the last three months al alone, as in like away from my family for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to, you know, make friends with new people. And it's been difficult with COVID and stuff like that. And I found ways of uh, connecting with myself and exploring what i want to do blah 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 um yeah. but what sort of things did you do to to sort of come to the, those sort of realizations um and what sort of things did you did you work on to kind of get in touch with who you you think you really are a lot of the things um have to come with like loss for example like loss of love or like you'll be like with a person or something like that and be in a relationship and then when that relationship breaks, you, you're forced to learn about yourself, you know, you're forced to be alone and then learn like about the things that can make you happy now that don't involve like that other party, you know what I mean? Or like I would meditate a lot and like when I meditate, I don't, I don't know if I meditate correctly to be honest, but I'll put my headphones on and I'll blast my favorite songs full volume and I'll close my eyes and I'll envision where I want to be, you know, not like what I want to do. Not like I want to, not like I want to like make a lot of money in like the stock market. No, no, no. I envision where I want to be. I imagine myself like on stage dancing like as a rock star, for example, or like being in a huge glass house with glass walls and glass windows everywhere with like my friends in the middle of a forest listening to our favorite music, you know? I envision that kind of thing. And then I realize that, well, that that's where I need to be. And like, I, I, I can't really have it any other way. That's like what I'm going for. What was the question again? I think I got off topic on that one. No, no, no. The question was basically, what sort of things did you do to kind of discover yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do a lot of meditation, and I call it the rock star mode. Put your headphones on, blast your music, dance in your room with your eyes closed, and just envision where you want to be. It's, it's still a form of meditation, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's, therape it's therapeutic yeah. at the very least, you know? I mean... I'll be the first one to admit there's nothing better than putting headphones on and just dancing in the mirror, man. <laughs> right? Like, that's the so rockstar mode. Yeah. That's the rockstar mode. Yeah. You feel like you feel like you're just unbelievably famous. You've got all these people around you like, yeah, let's go. And yes. then you're like dancing and doing all these moves that if you if I videoed myself, I'd look back and think, what the hell is that move? Yeah. When you're in the dance moment, moves. Like, yeah, this is the best dance move I've ever done in my life. Whew. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how it is. Dance moves, yeah. I would never do in front of anyone else. Yeah. But I feel like I'm, I'm killing it in the mirror. I'm killing it. I'm killing it for the imaginary You do like crowd. some sort of like weird shake with your leg and your head at the same time. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so other than rock star mode, what sort of other things did you do? Did you read books? Did you, you know, go on hikes? Did you, what are the, what are, what are the things that other people do? Did you do? Or was it just rock star mode? Rockstar mode is the, the main one to like discover things about myself, but a lot of, a lot of just thinking and, and sitting, honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't take a, a, the time to sit and think and like work through like the demons, the demons, the demons in their heads or whatever, you know, like self doubt and things like that. Self-doubt is like a really big one. I feel like most people like don't want to admit that one, but self-doubt is like the biggest one, at least it was for me, you know? But once you get into uh, this this mindset of that anything is possible, as long as you really, really want it, as corny as that is, like everything's possible out there. You can really get it if you really want it, you know? And that that's gonna help you like battle your self-doubt. You'll always have self-doubt. It's always going to be a thing, but as long as you continuously work to battle against it, I think that you can literally do whatever you want in this life. Do you believe that? I don't know. That's my honest answer. Because yeah. part of me believes that, yes, you know, with the interconnectedness that we have today and and how fortunate I've been as in, like, you know, I grew up in a first world country. My family are well off, you know, I'm... Mm. I'm I'm chilling, you know. I've, my 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 situation is better than ninety five percent of the world, right? And mm-hmm. it's pr- probably not that. It's probably very similar for you, um, you know. Mm-hmm. You've and we've kind of been taught that we can do anything, but there is always that insecurity in you that kind of doubts your ability to do things. Um, because I feel a little bit like you, as in when you were talking about the photography stuff. Like I don't know that much about video stuff or mm-hmm. editing or podcasts. I'm just doing it. But because I know so little about it, there's a bit of doubt in me and a bit of insecurity where I'm like, is this good enough? Well, I think um, there's a, you have to have this balance of thinking that you could do anything you want, but also having a threshold of fulfillment, like I was talking before, about having that like initial success where like you already know you're successful up to this point because you have the things to make you like happy in life. Hmm. And then you have this other feeling of thinking that you could do anything. And when those two things are balanced, it's like, you, you can't have it any, any other way. That's like the best mindset to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, I've also been in the position where like, Oh fuck man, I'm dropping out of college and I come from like a upper middle class family. And like now I either, I'm going to be poorer than my parents make less money than them, or I'm going to have to make more money than them, you know? And that's like a hard thing to do. Like coming into like your, your new adult life. Like if you come from a poor family, at least you have the opportunity, like an easier opportunity to get past being just poor. And if you come from a super rich family, you're almost guaranteed to be rich forever because like your family's super rich. They're going to like give you something. They're going to give you opportunities. But if you come from that middle area, it's a tough one to come from. You know, I'm not saying like it's harder than being poor, but it, it has its own issues. It has its own you know challenges, I mean? doesn't it? Because right. you, as, as spoiled as this sounds, you, you don't have daddy's money or whatever they call it. But at the right. same time, you don't have the struggle and you don't have like, this is going to sound really disrespectful, but like, no, 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 I, it's, no, not, I it's, like, it's not the like same situation, the is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, the same yeah, situation yeah. and it comes no. with its own challenges. Yeah, because, like, yeah, if, you, if you're if you poor, if you come from a poor family, like, 
not saying you have as much as opportunities as like a middle class or upper class family, but at least, you know, like it's the, the hump of getting over that is going to be lower, you know, like the hump of the hump of trying to reach like a rich family's income is like tough to do when you're like 18 and you're like, holy shit, I got to do that in like the next five years or else I'm going to be a failure to my family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get you. So basically what we're trying to say, well, what I think you're trying to say is that the amount of success and progress that you have to make from 18 to 25 when you're from like a middle-class family that wants your, wants their children to be really rich and well off is a lot higher and like right. the bar is a lot higher. Um, right. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. The expectation for it is a lot higher at least. Yeah. You know, and like, that's something to say for, uh, you know, people always want to talk about how it's easier for like a, a kid from upper middle class, middle class or upper class family to like make it in life. But there's a lot of different pressures that come along with that too, that other people yeah. don't understand, you know? I get that. And I guess that we aren't, you know, thankfully we're not from too, too poor of a background. And I guess mm -hmm. we're not in the most qualified position to talk about that. But what we can talk about is how our lives have been and kind of play the victim and be like, well, actually, although it seems from your perspective that this is pretty decent, there are problems yeah. that come with it too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In no way we're complaining about our lives right no, now. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like these are the these are the challenges that we've had. Uh, when it comes right, to the yeah. expectation thing, because I have incredibly high expectations of myself, um, right. probably instilled in me from my family, maybe similar to you, um, mm -hmm. where like I've been given really high standards and when you do something, you do it to the best of your ability, um, no matter what. And as long as you've done your best, then nothing else matters. And mm -hmm. they want you to be successful. They want you to use your brain, use your things that you've got, blah, 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 blah. And like, it's, it's tough. Like you have all these expectations from yourself and your family where you're like, I have to do, well, you feel as though you have all these obligations and these things to fulfill. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what sort of things did you do to deal with them sort of high expectations? <laughs> Honestly, uh, this was a, it was like a weird, weird cycle, I guess. Um, I stopped giving a fuck really. I stopped giving a fuck about what other people thought. And like, it got to the point where I stopped giving a fuck about what my family thought. And although that sounds negative, I was, I'm going to bring it back to what I said before. Although that sounds negative, I know like at the end of the day, my parents just want me to be happy and to be fulfilled and do what I want to do in life. So like, on the surface, they might like not like what I do or like be worried about me, but deep down on their deathbed or on my deathbed or whatever, the, we, we both know, we both know that the most important thing was to be a good person and to be like, to be fulfilled, be happy, you know? So th those expect expectations didn't affect me too much, but mm. I just stopped giving a fuck, really. <laughs> quite honestly honestly yeah. yeah to be as polite as possible that's the best way to put yeah. it yeah 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 that's fair enough um do you ever have do you deal with uh high expectations do you feel pressure in that I way mean, i'm i'm still quite young like i'm 18 so it's difficult for me to to say that because i've only really been like alone um for three months and even then like i've been financially supported by my parents and things like that so but yeah i definitely have very high expectations upon me from like i was saying from myself and my family um mm -hmm. i feel as though i want to be successful but it's it comes back to what we were talking about before redefining what success is on an individual right. basis because with you for example 
success is having fulfillment, having, you know, doing the things that you want to and being being happy, having a good chosen family that of, of great people around you. Um, and this is this is definitely something I need to make a video on. Um, the the success that is kind of perceived throughout society is you have a nice house, a beautiful uh, woman, um, a nice two or three kids and you're going on holidays four, four times a year and yeah, yeah. blah 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 and as nice as that sounds it's very far away and it just doesn't seem to resonate that much with from what i've seen a lot of the younger generation like we're like why am i gonna want to be chilling on a beach for like hours and days and days and days drinking when i'm like 50 years old and i've worked my whole 20s 30s and 40s worked my ass off to get there like yeah. that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would why would I want to be saving until my retirement to the point where oh yeah, I've got no. loads of time, loads of money, but I'm old and frail and I can't even move around properly and I'm ill. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense to just save all my money for then, to me at least. Yeah, no, we're still we're still going to do all that. We're still going to go on four vacations a year. We're still going to have a nice big house and a nice car. Me and you, we're both going to have that. But that's not at the forefront of our our drive. Yeah. 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 I guess not. I guess not. Um, when it comes to defining success, why do you think there's such a big divide between how a lot of young people define success and how a lot of the older generations do? I think um, the internet has to do has has a big part in that in that play. I think um, you know, like when you can go online and you can see kids like us, kids our age, like finding success through the things they do on the internet. It's it's a clear I mean it's a clear divide from like what regular success in society looks like, you know. So I think as I mean everyone has a phone now, everyone has Instagram. You could literally just open up your Explore app and see a successful kid our age, right? Like on the, on your front page, you know what I mean? So I think um, that's why kids our age feel that way, and that's why parents don't feel that way because they don't they're not they don't get to see that every single time they open their phone. But then how do you? how do you make that affect you positively instead of negatively? And what I mean by that is when it comes to the older generation, there's a lot of like keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, they have this car, they have that. So we have to have that. How do we make it so that we're inspired by them people as opposed to jealous or envious of what they have and that, what, what we don't have? It, it's all a mental, it's all mental battle within yourself. You know, like th this whole life is really, as long as you try to keep that, those positive mindsets you, you'll be able to draw the positive things from the situation it's 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 easy to like feel shitty about the things but it takes uh, it takes like strength to find the positives out of a situation like that you can find inspiration from someone hmm. so i mean it, you just have to find it in yourself honestly there's no there's there's no game plan for that you, you just have to dig, dig within your own insecurity and demons and try to look at life as positively as possible hmm. Hmm. Sorry, I think the connection was cutting out a little bit there, but I got the main message that you're trying to get across. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, do you feel feeling envious of people? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I, uh, I, I actually yeah. was surprised when I first started hearing about this because I've never really been jealous of other people. I mean, my my mum and dad raised me to like be happy for people as opposed to be envious of them. And I've always been like that. Like when, when somebody else gets something nice or does something or they're sharing something that's great, like I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I'm happy for you. And then I started hearing that a lot of people compare themselves uh, in a negative way to people on social media. And they're like, oh, 
I want to be like that person. Why isn't my life like this? And then I sort of started to realize because I never used to understand why people always put on this perceived image of happiness on their on their social medias. But then I started to realize that like all they're trying to do is show their highlights so that their lives seem so much better than they actually are. And I started to realize how kind of depressing that was and how that stemmed from yeah. insecurity and how it stemmed from wanting to be better than other people, which is completely against how I view social media. I view social media as a way to express yourself and a way to put your artwork, almost like a gallery or like, uh, yeah, a, like, a, portfolio. like a portfolio. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A gallery of yourself and your thoughts and your um, the things that you want to make or put out there to the world. Um, but I think a lot of youngsters and people in the older generations as well, actually, they just see it as a, as a competition who can have the best life which yeah sad. yeah when you even look at it from like a creative's perspective um you'll see like or like a brand owner's perspective you'll see other brands doing really cool stuff really cool stuff stuff that i could never think of and i'm like give a little oh wow they're good i couldn't do that i don't have the skills to do that but at the same time you could find inspiration from those things and like realize that something like that made them happy because they they made it from their heart or they made it from their hard work and you could do the same. It might not be the same work, but it could be your style of that. And you could still find the same fulfillment. That's how I had to look at it when I was feeling envious of like another creative's work, for example, you know, mm -hmm. apart from like the whole flexing on Instagram, like faking your life on Instagram type of thing. The whole Dan Bilzerian lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, that doesn't, again, like even really really rich lifestyles that just doesn't appeal to me but maybe that's because i'm not a very materialistic person um that's good man yeah that's the first well, step i mean i don't think i am like stuff doesn't bring me much happiness on its own so mm -hmm. i don't know yeah my, my psychology teacher taught me in high school that if you make a lot of money the best things to spend money on are experiences that's like what you're gonna remember that's what's gonna mean the most to you and that one stuck. That one stuck a lot. And that's the moment where I, I made the connection of success isn't about the material. Because when you're young, that's all you think about. You never think about, like, not having friends when you're older, like, because you're in high school, you know? Or, like, not feeling fulfillment. You're in high school. You don't even know what fulfillment is. You know what I mean? But, like, that, that made me cl – that, that clicked something in my head where I was, like, got to spend it on experiences. That's what you're going to remember, you know? Yeah. So what sort of – what sort of experiences are there? Are they like more extravagant, extravagant experiences or are they just like everyday things? I got a good example. Um, back in 2017, I got the opportunity to go to Lil Peep's house before he passed. And that was like right when I was getting into this kind of culture and it was, it felt really cool to be like injected into the culture like that, like directly right there in the heart of LA at Lil Peep's house. I go, I'm excited. I have my camera out. Charlie took me. I go inside the house. I see like all my favorite rappers there at the time. I see Cold Heart. I see Lil Tracy. I see Lil Peep. You know, I see like, I go. I walk into Lil Peep's house, and Lil Peep's sitting on the couch with two girls under his arm. One of the girls I didn't recognize, and the other girl was like the girl from the, one of his music videos. I forget what music video it was. It was a song with Lil Tracy. But um, I, I was like, whoa, this is insane. Like, I, you never realize like how real someone is until you meet them in person. You know, you're like, well, I've only seen you on the internet. This is insane. Um, I 
I don't know. I, I, I meet all my favorite rappers. I shake little peep's hand. He introduces me. He welcomes me into his house. This is like a small get together. This is like just golf boy click there. I'm like, this is so cool. And then like, I go to shake another rapper's hand. I'm going to leave him unnamed, but someone I listen to on a regular basis, I go to shake his hand. He doesn't dab me up. He like stands there like this and doesn't dab me up. And I was like, and, and like my friend had to come up, like Charlie had to come and say, hey, yo, like dab him up or like nudge him a little bit to like dab me up. Cause it was like super awkward, you know? And like, it just, after that day, it was such like a defining moment in my life because I, I walked into the little peep's house and he welcomed me with open arms. This guy was like the biggest guy in the game. He was like the king of the underground, you know? Like he welcomed me. Hey, I'm Peep. Nice to meet you. And then I go to shake this other rapper's hand and he like blew me off and he dissed me. And this rapper is way smaller than Lil Peep. Just someone I was a fan of, but like not at the same level as Lil Peep. And like, it, it was such like a defining experience because someone so big was still so welcoming and someone like way smaller was like a dick to me. And that's like what this game is about, you know? And it's, that's, that, that's a part of like trying to gain the most genuine people in your life or like finding the most genuine experiences. Cause that's, what's going to stick. You know? mm. That it was really cool. And then and little people like passed away not too long after that. So like, it just really hit home. I was like, wow, I love that guy. Little people's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you think people can manage to keep their ego in check? Because clearly little peep, you know, was very humble, very welcoming and was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've never met you before. Welcome to the crib, you know? And the other yeah. guy wasn't so, uh, wasn't so humble and welcoming. So how do you, how do you make sure that you keep your ego in check? <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Um, so you have to find a balance between confidence and ego. And those can get twisted, especially when you're like on the rise in this kind of scene. Um, I think a lot of it is also the culture that you're a part of. This rap shit, this rap culture shit is kind of like aggressive and kind of like hierarchy, like a hierarchy, you know? So like, there's a lot of ego that could stem from that, negative ego that could stem from that. But um, I don't know, man. You just, it just has to be in the way that you see, you see life and like the opportunities that will come because the more egotistical you are, the, the worse experiences you're going to have, the, le- the, the less amount of opportunities you're going to get. You know, which which proved right there. Little Peep was huge. This guy was not huge. And that guy must have been acting that way to anyone who was smaller than him up to that point. And Lil Peep must have had welcoming arms to anyone who was smaller than him to get to that point, you know? So something like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, on a, on a kind of similar note, like the way that I met Jake um, mm-hmm. Sieg's the guy I interviewed for, for our listeners, I interviewed him on the second one that was going to be released. Um, was literally just in a Discord call. A guy called Jake just joins the server and he starts talking about mm-hmm. this brand that he's working on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what's this about? What's that? Everybody else is like playing Minecraft or something like that. And then me and Jake are just having this random conversation. I'm just genuinely interested in what he, what's going on. And then like about 10 minutes into the conversation, I'm like, oh, have you got like an Instagram page for your brand or something like that? And he goes, oh yeah, uh, it's Sieg's. And I'm like, Oh, this is like a guy I've been following on Instagram for like a year. Yeah. Oh, you knew him already? Well, I I I, I knew I know I knew him from Instagram. So like 
I've been following his stuff for probably around about a year, you know, been looking at his hoodies. Um, I remember he dropped like That's this really space cool. themed collection and I was like, oh my goodness, them hoodies are yeah, so Yeah, the NASA sick. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That it was sick. so unique and so sick. And then I like, just, just from being nice, I managed to meet him and then get him on the podcast. And then now I'm meeting you and things like that. And it just goes to show that being genuinely interested in people and just kind of being kind and uh, can really- That's really sick. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was so crazy. like, are you into, are you into fashion? Well, I, I have a, uh, an interest in it. Yeah. I don't really buy much stuff myself. Um, cause like I said, I'm not that much of a materialistic person, but I can definitely appreciate the, the time and the effort and the kind of artistic value of, um, some fashion design, some fashion designers and their pieces and things like that. Um, that's cool. And so being able to connect with so many people through the internet is just awesome, you know? It's really, really awesome. Yeah, bro. I have like this group chat that I started. Um, it's the Sentiments group chat. Sentiments is my brand. And I started it like initially just to like, you know, like have a small group of friends to come together so we could share clothing ideas or whatever. Then it started growing bigger and bigger, started growing bigger and bigger. And now it's just like a full community of like, we don't even talk about clothes. So very rarely we will, but it's just like kids will come in there and say good morning and like the other kids will say good morning and then some kids will say good night and they'll have conversations about their family and their life and what they did that day and it's just I was like whoa this grew into like what I want the brand to be not just clothes I don't even want it to be about clothes I want it to be about a community yeah so and then like that just goes to show that the internet is like able to connect people on that level where you could become family and friends just just by texting they don't even they, they don't know what each other look like you know yeah. it's crazy yeah, I mean, the sort of the whole reason that I'm kind of uh, into this, well, got to know a lot of fashion people is through, uh, you, do you know Vital Studios? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, their Discord server, I joined that Discord server and just started chill chilling with people and they formed like a little bit of a community, a bit like Sentiments did. And, um, mm -hmm. and then eventually you got to know more and more people, got to know Diego and things like that. And through there, just got to know more and more people. And it's, it's a really nice feeling being able to have... Um, people through the internet that you know that kind of you can you can speak to you can you can talk about your day and you can kind of connect with um yeah in a different way to to the people that you have in real life and especially for a lot of kids who don't have that many in real life friends um because i know that there's a decent amount of people right. who who struggle to have like genuine friends and because they, a lot of them are going through that high school college kind of phase um mm -hmm. a lot of people are just trying to be the most popular or dealing with girls and things like that. So it, it is really nice to have like genuine communities that, that care about each other. Oh, for sure, man. I've, I've been, I've been valuing internet relationships for like all my life. I would play, I was like a MMORPG gamer when I was a young kid, you know? So like I would have a little character on my game and like build a community of friends, like on the game. They don't know what I look like. I'm like an eight year old kid playing this game, but like I have, a, I have an avatar that they know, you know, and I know their avatar. So it's like, it's interesting how th this has evolved like over time where like World of Warcraft can like, you can make friends over that. People are getting married over that kind of stuff. And now we have like Instagram and Twitter where like people can get married over that stuff, you know? It's really cool. I mean, like I, I, I love the internet. There's a lot, a lot to say about social media and how negative it can be perceived. But, and there are a lot of negative things about it. But at the same time, like the, the opportunities that it brings you in terms of relationships could be priceless. 100%, 100%. I mean, yeah. my first episode with Reno, I literally just DM'd him. That was it. He put something on his That's story. That's crazy, honestly. He, he, well, 
it was kind of like that beforehand as how like talking to him through a few dms <laughs> did a, a bunch of youtube thumbnails that were absolutely terrible for him um that he didn't like and then just kind of talked to him here and there and then he put something on his story saying yo anybody want to give me the platform to speak i replied not even having a podcast yet just wanting to set one up and i was like yeah let's do it and he was like okay and he had the kindness See? like with me at like without even having a podcast page literally just 450 followers i'm a no i'm a nobody when it comes to like social media's terms just was straight up like yeah let's do it and that's made Dude, me respect what a him guy. so much so much more and um I've, hopefully a lot of the people who did listen to that episode can understand that this guy is just he's just something else man he's just Dude, awesome. that, that kid is incredible incredible awesome. i was like when i first found him i was like 16 you're 16 what that doesn't even make sense I was he's like, so awesome. he's, he's such a big inspiration to me. And I can, I know he's a big inspiration to a lot of other people who are older 100%, 100%. than him, which is very powerful, which is very, very powerful. I mean, and that's the thing, like he's, he's found meaning. He's found fulfillment right. through helping people. And I don't, right. I, I really don't think he kind of, uh, realizes how much he does help people because someone like myself, like a lot of his YouTube videos are about uh, improving yourself and the way that he lays things out is so much better than anybody else um, and it's the same for a lot of young people out there so I'm really grateful Reno if you're ever listening to this you're the man man yeah shout out to Reno <laughs> man. Such a great you're man cool guy such a you're a guy man. yeah um, so let's go back onto the social media uh, thing uh -huh. I'm trying to think of a different like a, a new way to intentionally use social media because I, I find myself scrolling on it and just wasting a lot of time um, so what sort of things do you think are good about social media and what sort of things do you think are bad? I don't know. Like Kanye said, it's about intent, not content, you know? So, um, good things about social media, inspiration, number one, find a lot of inspiration creatively on social media, um, building good relationships on social media that everything's connected to the internet now. Like, uh, internet friends are just as good as real friends at this point, you know, as real life friends. I mean, they're, everything's real, but, um, validation is like in the middle. If this is a pie chart, validation is like in the middle portion of that, you know, like finding validation can boost your motivation. Um, people, if people are fucking with your work, then like, it makes it easier to keep doing that kind of work. But validation could also be negative in a way where, um, if you find if you look too much into the validation or you look forward to too much validation, then you can be disappointed or disheartened if you don't get that kind of validation. So that could be like bad and good. Um, the bad things about social media, um, you could find yourself in a hole of negativity if you don't like follow the right things, or you could uh, put yourself in a position to feel jealous, like we were talking about earlier. Um, and also social media is kind of funky because in terms of the platforms, it's all run by businesses, you know, it's very business oriented now. So like, if you're not using it for like, if you're not putting a lot of money into it and you're not using it for business reasons, social media can be like, not what it's meant for anymore. So how, how do you feel about social media getting bad? I mean, there's so many positives that we've kind of brushed over, you know, there's, there's the connections yeah. that you can make, which is just, they're priceless, they're priceless. And, you know, before you'd have to f maybe find somebody's real address and send them a letter, but I can literally right. just find your account, 
Like I did with you. Like literally with you. I just found your yeah. account, DM'd you, and that was it. Yeah. That was it. Like we connected through that, and that's just that's just so priceless. And I think people just wildly underrate the the value of being able to connect with people that quickly. Um, and that's probably the main positive that I found for me. Um, the the negatives are when it comes to myself, at least addiction. Like I just find myself mm. getting into these rabbit holes where I'm like, sometimes mm-hmm. for uh, a couple of minutes, sometimes for hours, like I'll just scroll aimlessly um because i just get into this zone where i'm like zombie mode scroll 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 Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that can't be good for us that really can't be good for us because we're not we're not wired we haven't been we haven't evolved to just look at this piece of technology that's in our friggin phone uh, in our hand for hours and hours a day like that's not how we're supposed to be living we have impulses we have urges we have needs that need to be fulfilled that i just don't think they're they're fulfilled when we look at our phones too much. I guess there's that, that's more of a technology thing as opposed to just social media. And then the other main negative thing is the comparison thing that we're kind of touching upon earlier. I mean, especially mm-hmm. for younger kids, um, I, I'm, I'm quite grateful that my parents kept me off social media until I was a little bit older because I see a lot of like 10, 11, 12-year-olds using social media now. And it must be so damaging to their self-esteem and their confidence because you constantly just have these highlight reels like there's literally things called highlights where you, people just mm-hmm. post like all oh, the holidays that they've been on all the nice times they went ice skating with their friends and the concerts and when you're constantly just having all of your friends or like people that you know or people that you think you know showing these wonderful incredible lives full of all this beautiful stuff and it's so exciting and perfect like you must just look at yourself and think well oh, i'm just i'm just shit I'm just nothing compared to these people. I'm nowhere near as pretty, mm-hmm. even though the other person's more insecure using certain filters. And my life is nowhere more, nowhere near as exciting when they're, you know, and you don't know the other person's true situation. You just get to see uh, the thing for, va- you just know it for what they're trying to show you and what they're trying to tell you, but you don't get to know the bits between. That's true, man. Shit, shit, uh, shit like that. I don't really know how I feel about that, honestly, because... As someone who's very keen to social media, I I almost already assume that when I see things like that, I don't let it affect me too much because I can assume that yeah. everyone has the bits between as but, well. You know, but you're but you're 23. When that's you're true. 13, yeah, that's true. When you're 13, 10 years yeah. ago, if you had social media, you wouldn't be thinking like that, and that's what really worries me. That's, that's really true. I never me. really thought about it like that because. I was like, yeah, I used MySpace back then, and this and that when I was a kid. But now times have changed. Times have changed for sure. There was no stories on MySpace. There was no this or that. Like, I, I, I get it now. Like, I've never really thought about it in a way of a, in the eyes of like a young person, you know. Even like seventeen, even your age, honestly. Yeah. I've already, I've, already, I've been looking at social media like straight for five years at this point and grown trained my mind to look at it in the way I want to look at it. But like yeah. someone who's just getting into it, for example, 17 year old who's just trying to start their creative journey. It might, it probably takes a larger toll on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a few quick fire questions and then we'll, uh, do it. we'll finish off. So do it. number one, yeah. what do you think sets you apart from everybody else? <laughs> what sets me apart? Uh, um, I keep it real. I try to stay as genuine as possible. And like, we, we've been talking about social media and content creation and all these things 
But when it comes to that specifically, I'll keep it real the entire time. And um, I never let outside forces really affect the decisions I make. So, yeah. yeah. One, one quote to really quickly sum that up is, it's not about not caring about what other people think. It's about not letting what other people think affect what you do. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have to care about what other people think, especially if you're going to try to sell something or, like, make clothes or whatever. But you can't let it affect you in a way that it's not constructive. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Next question. How much of the success that you've had, and it seems like you've had a lot of success and you view yourself as successful, how much of the success uh -huh. that you've had is down to your hard work and how much of it is down to chance? Oh, luck versus hard work? Um. I, I do have to say that I, I am lucky enough to be in the position like I am in terms of location. Like I've met these people that I've met because I'm in the location I'm in or like I'm in the, I'm at the right place at the right time. But I was the one who took the initiative to make that connection. So it's, it's an even balance of both. I think everyone has that even balance of both though. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get, can't get one without the other, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And final question if you had everybody in the entire world in front of you right now listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. what would your message be? <laughs> Do whatever the fuck you want. That's my message. Do whatever the fuck you want. You never know how much time you're going to have left. So do what you want to do. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Chich, for coming on the show. Yeah, if, uh, thanks for having me, man. If people want to find your work, where can they go? Um, you can go to my page, at chich, C-H-I-C-H dot 1997. That's on Instagram. And then if you want to go on Twitter, just do an underscore instead of a period. Awesome. Thanks again yeah. for coming on the show, man. Thank you, man.